Greetings, fellow slingers. Welcome back to Roll the Hard 20 podcast. It is I, your trusted DM, Brian. And boy, have I been excited about this next episode. Let me tell you, it's been, what, nine weeks since the other hard slingers and myself have finally frequented the rage room, finally sat around the table of judgment. Well, this week, we finally have it once again. And with the start of book two, The Trial of the Beast. So, before we get started, remember, get in touch with the show at RollTheHard20Podcast at gmail.com. Visit the website at RollTheHard20Podcast.com. And don't be a stranger to our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please, whatever podcast app you happen to be listening to the show on, don't forget. Give us that five-star rating and review. It really goes a long way in helping out the show. And finally, what do we got? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Top off your glass and warm up your dice. Or is it? Warm up your dice and top off your glass as Roll the Hard 20 Podcast presents episode 34 of our Carrion Crown run-through, The Road to Lepidstad. riding her bike fucking crashes into the back of my truck i already had like three beers in i was just going for a walk <laughs> and this little girl all scared i get out of my truck and the mom's like right there sees me come out all fucking you know like what the fuck happened i was like you didn't fucking scratch your bike did you she's <laughs> like oh. i was like I'm, I'm sorry i was just like the first thing that had to like pop out of my mouth i was like making some poor little girl cry what do you fuck i was the parents were there. It's like, how do you not see a car parked there? It's like noon. What are you, a drunk child? So anyways, it is I, your trusted DM, Brian, welcoming everyone back once again to the Rage Room. And before we begin, let's have a little recap on book one. Yay. Okay. No? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were just saying that in general. Yeah, no, no. Start, yeah. yeah, no, I wanted to... To put it on out there and see how everyone felt about book one, about what what brought all the characters together, which was the uh, the funeral of Professor Petros Lormore, and, and how those dynamics changed everybody else's investigation procedure through Ravengrow. Eric, what'd you what'd you think when the doctor was first uh, brought on the scene? Uh, well, uh, so uh, when the doctor first came to Ravenglow and Ravengrow. And was attending to the doctor. Some of the the earlier times, he doesn't remember that well. Because he wasn't the best doctor. Um, so even how the doctor got killed a couple times, he couldn't remember how it happened. Because he wasn't there. So as time progressed, pretty much uh, the doctor, being a traveling doctor, decided to set up a shop in town. And would hope to, you know, make a make a good business of healing people, but the doctor's actions sometimes kind of made people wary of him. Some people trusted him, but most of the people that trusted him wound up dead. So Well, how did you how did you play the doctor though? Like more of a standoffish or, or less knowledgeable about that? Uh yes. I Kind of less knowledgeable about all that stuff. Uh, but at the same time, I played the doctor, uh, like I said, kind of as a traveling businessman 
that at the end of the day, he's here to be a capitalist and just make his money. Yeah, it's okay. I'll edit it out. We'll edit it in post. We? <laughs> Brian, <laughs> you, you will do it. <laughs> I'll send you the file. Now, Junior, you came on board as somebody who couldn't get his headphones on. Too many swivels. <laughs> so, Junior, when you first came into, when Oust first came into Raven Grove, he didn't know that the professor was dead. No, he actually found out on the way. So he was actually anticipating to meet a live uh, professor. <laughs> One night only? <laughs> One night only. <laughs> so the news to him that he passed away was actually really shocking, and especially hearing it from someone that he just recently met. Because he just met Talos at the time. But Talos, you, Kush, you knew as Talos that you were going there for a funeral. Yeah. So I think Talos almost let it slip. And then uh, I think it was during the first actual full session is when Talos let uh, Aus know what was going on. I think you handed me like a letter, didn't you? Yeah, it's kind of like a weird thing to tell someone that you just met. It's like, hey, this person you're going to meet is dead. <laughs> Happy trails. <laughs> yeah. Nick, now you weren't... Irwin at the time. You yeah. were Ermin at yeah. the time, one of your multitude of monk clones. <laughs> but he was there to pay homage to the professor as well. So all four of you ended up coming together for this this poor man's funeral, with the exception of Aust, who was just there to meet him. And that's when you guys got caught up in the dynamics of the town of Raven Grow. Right. How, how was your character's thought process, and how did you react with him doing all that stuff? Ermin initially when he was still alive? Yeah, well, I'm sure his, his thoughts changed when the deceased professor actually ended it for him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he initially came to Ravengrove to, to uh, pay respects to the professor. Um, he met him in passing, kind of in his youth, and you know he found out the professor died, came to the funeral, was kind of intrigued by all the kind of weird stuff, stuff that was happening. Um, and unfortunately, the professor actually came back to kill his former acquaintance. And um, fortunately, uh, he actually sent out a letter to his monk brother, Ermin, or Erwin, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I always get them confused. Yeah. Um, so, the yeah. Only one. <laughs> unfortunately, Erwin wasn't there to save Ermin's life, but um, he kind of took his place and wanted to kind of figure out what was going on in Ravengrove to kind of figure things out and to kind of make sure that his death wasn't kind of in vain. Now, just out of curiosity, is there anybody that Irwin might have sent a letter off to for future use? Um, I don't think so okay. at the moment. You never know. <laughs> we can handle it. Retro- he could retro- maybe just like... <laughs> Erdwin? Sent off a raven to someone else. I, I, don't, I don't know. Now, I don't want to tie us up too long before we begin this, this session, but it took you guys 12 sessions before you actually got into the Harrowstone prison and then try to achieve the annihilation of the, of the five haunts, the Jackson five Harrowstone haunts. I think you call them that, right, Junior? I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not sober, you can't. Um, what was your, what was your, everybody's thought process with, with dealing with that? Because it, it's called a, a haunting of Harrowstone. It was definitely a tough battle. 
not even like the five uh, five spirits alone, but just the prison itself. There were a lot of times we walked into areas and we're just unprepared and got ambushed. Yeah, you never know like what what was around like a certain corner. Like if you're gonna encounter like one of the actual five haunts or just like any other like like skeletons or something. Something sentient, you guys took, yeah. sentient ovens. <laughs> you guys took small obscure ways through it. I mean, not that it was bad, but I mean, I had prepared thinking you guys were going to go from the first floor to the second floor, and you guys ended up going down to the Hell's Basement, and I think you took out the Moss Water Marauder, and then you dealt with the Grey Ooze, and then you actually made your way around to the Splatter Man, which was supposed to be like one of the final bosses. Hmm. So... But you guys, we you took, kicked some serious ass. We took joy in ruining all your notes and preparation. You totally did. I mean, it got <laughs> to the point where I had to note the entire AP. That was what was what was so bad about it. I was like, well, fuck it. I might as well just read the whole thing and just have it prepped. Yeah. Which is where I think when you guys found the keys on the lopper, we had uh, U, R, S, T, and, and something else or whatever. There were, there was five remember, different, five yeah, different I, keys. I do remember that, yeah. And that's how they... Uh, S-T-U-R... <laughs> there it is. Just notes. It's right next to all the random numbers he wrote down. Yeah. <laughs> Cell blocks. <laughs> but that's how they had it. It would be the U section of the book and the R section of the book. and the, oh. So I just made notes based on that. Anyways. Enough with the recap for tonight. For now, we'll hit up other recaps later on. But uh, now that Kush finally decided to show up, I appreciate it, Kush. Thanks for making time for the rest of the... So good. I can leave now if you want. No, no, we're okay. We'll keep you around for a little while longer. You just got to stay <laughs> and clean up while everybody else leaves. <laughs> Greetings, fellow slingers. Welcome back to Roll the Hard 20 podcast. It is I, your trusted DM, Brian, and I am not alone. I have with me in the rage room, seated around the table of judgment, the hard slingers. Yeah. <laughs> Tearing that shit up. And we are gathered here for one reason. To start carrying crown book two, The Trial of the Beast. So it's been about nine weeks since we've been seated here face-to-face. And uh, before we begin the episode, however, I want to remind everyone to leave us a five-star rating on whichever podcast app you listen to the show on. Write us at rollthehard20podcast at gmail.com because we want to hear from you. And don't forget to visit the website at rollthehard20podcast.com. And once again, we ask for your support. Yeah. Head on over to patreon.com slash roll the hard 20 podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You too can be a hard slinger. Hell, Junior, practically giving that practically away. Practically giving it away. Give it away. <laughs> little does a dollar. So, so don't be a stranger. So coordinated. <laughs> Se- sequential swimming team. Here. I only opened my first beer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now on to the business of having fun. Let's uh, break out volume number two here. Is everybody ready? Question yeah. is, are you ready? No. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I'm not. You know what's funny is when we were Skyping the game, we'd ring into Koosh at like 7.15. He'd be till 7.45 preparing. What the fuck were you preparing to get here so late? What? I get home at 7. So <sighs> I thought you were working at home. Right? No, I have to run errands until 7. Oh. So I, I basically drive, and then I get back at 7. <laughs> so and, then, and then I run to Skype at that point. <laughs> so, 
So at the hard end, times we're living in. <laughs> Tough times. I gotta go down and get Twizzlers. So at the end of book one, we found our heroes getting underway, leaving the town of Ravengrow to deliver Professor Lowmore's books to Dr. Montagny Crowell and Judge Embreth Dermid, who both reside in the academic city of Leopardstead. Leopardstead. Very good. So as the four of you make your way to the northern end of Ravengrow in preparation for your journey to Leopardstad, you find yourself standing in front of the unfurling scroll. Moments later, you see Alendru Groven come out, perhaps to greet you or perhaps to send you off, and he, he kind of waves at the group as you guys are standing there, and he scans you up and down, and he, he kind of frowns for a moment, and he says, uh, Well, I, I've come to bid you farewell on your your journey to... Uh, uh, where's Talos at? Talos said he had to run and investigate on his own agenda. Uh, he said he will regroup with us later. I'm not sure if he's going to catch up with us here at Ravengrow or if he knows that we're going to be heading towards Leopardstad. Leopardstad? Well, I hear there's a... They're having a big deal going on up there at Leopardstad. A trial of some sorts. It's turned the place into a regular carnival. Hmm, I like oh, carnivores. Yes, you should. And you should also know it's about 100 miles north from here. And I imagine that depending on your foot speed, it'd probably take you approximately three to four days to get there. And what you find on the road during your journey may seem possibly make it longer. He looks at the group still, and he, he looks at the Warforged, and he his brow furrows even deeper, and he leans towards Irwin, and he says, I know the history of those things, and I don't trust them. There's this preservation command that was once used to shut down the Warforged units if they got out of control during the war. It might help you to note this word. The word is blood rise. And if you ever need to use it, I suggest you pray that it has not already been used on this one, because the command can only be used once. But you didn't hear that from me. At that, you hear the children behind him start, you know, Professor, Professor. And he, he turns around, yes, children, I'll, I'll be in in just a moment. I just want to bid the four of you, three of you, a good journey, and <laughs> please watch your back. And if you see Talos, tell him all is forgiven about the Iron Stone. Thank Did you. I get that in writing? He walks away from you, <laughs> <laughs> thereby leaving the northern road out of Ravengrow open to traverse. Now, I'm going to flip over this here beautiful map. Ooh, Jesus. Fancy. This Went is our, all out. This uh, is our fucking Oregon Trail, man. Here this we go. is beyond my map drawing right. abilities. No, okay, no one get bit by a rattlesnake. No. You'll notice that my pin just fell down. You see that lake right there, Lake Leos? Yeah. Yes, right to the south of it is Ravengrow. That's how you spell Ravengrow. Leopardstad is approximately 100 miles to the north. You'll see right under the word it says Valand. That's it, right there. So you're going to want to travel north. Seems like there's a lot of rivers we have to cross. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
We're going to have porch delivers. Oh, God. Make a... Uh, <laughs> going to lose make, a lot of oxen. That's for sure. <laughs> make a nature check, everybody. <laughs> Be careful when you dig in that dice, Doc. I don't want you to get the one out of 100 that's going to kill you. Oh, I found it. <laughs> Erwin. Ten. Doctor. One. Oh, fuck. Tonrex. <laughs> Thirteen. Thirteen. Oust. Eighteen. Eighteen. Oh, there we go. Our druid knows nature. To the other three of you, with the exclusion of Oust, one way would seem just as good as the next. However, Oust, because you did traverse south when you entered Ravengrill, you know that going to the east side of this lake is probably not as efficient as it would be going to the west side of it. You know that that way would probably, it might seem a little longer, but it would be easier to traverse because there would be fewer waterways that you'd have to cross over. All right. I believe we should travel west. It may take us a few extra hours, but it's definitely the safer road. Through the mountains? Yes, it's less uh, crossing of rivers and lakes. I came down this way earlier before I was acquainted with you guys. Can we not forge the river? Well, you don't have to climb the mountains. You guys could (laughs) just hug around the the lake. I mean, if if he if Alice feels like it's the best route, then what about you, Tweaky? You got anything going on over there or what? Tonrex is more of a follower, unlike Talos. <laughs> we'll program Tomrex. Okay, so Tomrex, two votes. <laughs> <laughs> I and I will vote with you. Uh, if you feel that way is better, then we'll go that way. But I don't know. Mountain passes don't seem as don't seem as safe as open valleys and rivers, but well, you've, at least you've we'll, come this way, at least. So. At least we'll cross around the, the first lake. I remember a few uh, lakes on the way, but I believe this would be the safer choice. Is there anything on the way we have to be aware of? Mm, just be cautious through the tall grass. That's further north, but other than that... Are you worried about Pokemon? I was about <laughs> to make <laughs> okay. I was thinking Velociraptors or something. <laughs> Clever girl. Fucking Weedles. <laughs> what are you guys no, doing? No, no Pokemon. <laughs> I don't know. There's no Pokemon. What are you guys doing? Are you? I guess... Is, I, is that what you decided yeah, to do? Yeah, the doctor pretty much said... If that, like, the doctor doesn't agree, but... Um, but if Alice has come from that way before, I trust at least he kind of knows that way. Thinks it's better than going the easier route through the flatland. I'm willing to try it out. Erwin, you're all oiled up, ready to go? <laughs> oiled up and ready to go. All right. Ready to head west. Erwin, okay. do you have oil to spare? Plenty. <laughs> <laughs> have, we ever, have we ever clarified, do you grease yourself or you just secrete it? I don't think I secrete it. I don't think we ever established I think it's a good what I oil shitty. myself up with. <laughs> or you just oil yourself up so much that it's just constantly in the pores. That's why his <laughs> dex is so high. You know? it's, it's not so much that you can't hit him. It's just everything's a glancing blow. Yeah. Every private moment I have, I'm just constantly just rubbing, <laughs> Every rubbing private my body. Moment. <laughs> Got to go to the privy again. As you guys travel north, you notice that much of the color in the land has started to turn to different shades of gray. And it, it's not just the land, it's possibly your mood as well. 
After everything that's happened back in Ravengrill, it would not shock a sane person that a dark mood begins to settle on everyone and, and everything else that's around here. So the early part of your journey to Lepistab begins. And after several hours walking, traversing these roads, you mingle with other groups that are heading in like directions and then eventually start peeling off and you keep going. You, you approach Lake Leos and you make your way around the west side of it. And ahead you see what appears to be the remains of what might have once been some kind of a, a castle, some kind of a structure, because enough of it is, remains to be identifiable as a citadel it once was. Still at about 300 yards off, I want everybody to go ahead and make a perception check. Erwin. 19. Doc. 25. Tonrex. 5. Oh, shit. <laughs> 16. Ah, 16. Tonrex, you're not pulling your own weight. I'm trying to find where Erwin hides his oil. <laughs> <laughs> you guys notice that there appears to be some kind of a, a broken, cracked sign. And it says Castle and Dachi on it. Oh. Now, everybody over... What'd you get again, Erwin? 19. 19. Doc, you got a what? 25. 25. 24. 24. Sorry. It wasn't a 24. It was uh, 16. Okay. <laughs> it's very different. Yeah, very different. Not only do you notice this placard, but you can also tell from this distance that this place is not vacant. You see... Smoke kind of rising up. It appears as though there was maybe some kind of a campfire or something. What time of day is it again? Campfire from outside the walls or? It looks like it's from inside, but the structures are broken. It's, it doesn't have a roof any longer. You could tell that some of the parapets have crumbled. The access leading into the grounds have, have been blown apart. But it looks like it's been that way for a long time. And the smoke appears to be rising from maybe the central courtyard beyond where the parapets would be. I'm sorry, did you say what time of day it was? Like, Oh, I'm sorry, I did not. It's probably about uh, 4.30. Oh, okay. It's, it's, it's still the same day that you said goodbye to Kendra, said goodbye to James Keller, did all your stuff in Raven Grill and, and made it this far. Is where Kendra moved on this map? Yes, it is. It was something hill, wasn't it? Carrion, it was Carrion Hill. I Carrion believe it hill. is to the east. She moved far. She moved far. far she want to put some distance. Damn. Right here. She's oh. got to start new. She might not right. even make the journey there. <laughs> it's a whole different state. That's <laughs> done. All right. It does look far away. All right. So it's getting a little late, but it does seem like someone's already here. Do you think we should try to make camp and see who's inside this place? I say we just approach the castle and see if we can stay the night. No, maybe they need some doctor services or if anyone needs beaten up or if anyone needs to see a smoke show with a druid. Who knows? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Different smoke show. Sorry. <laughs> Got carried away. Uh, should we approach stealthily then? I mean, I don't know how much Tom Rex will be in, in stealth. Smoke show or stroke show? No. <laughs> if anything, we should just approach it regularly and just keep our fingers crossed. Announce ourselves to the campsite. Yeah. <laughs> okay, as you guys 
or making your way towards it. You cover the first 100 yards, 200 yards away. You see a wagon out front with a horse. Go another 100 yards, so you're 100 yards away from it. You notice that the wagon's got a broken wheel, and the horse is not upright. It's actually on its side. Looks like it's got a broken leg, and it's not moving. And from there, you can still see inside the courtyard itself. You still see the smoke rising up from there. Uh, can we see what the wagon carries, if it carries something, or if there's, like, traces of stuff that was left over? Sure, do you go up to the wagon, or you stay in 100 yards back still? Or how, Tell me how you want to um, approach this, what you want to do. Fuck it, I'll walk up to the wagon. <laughs> Todd will walk up to the wagon to inspect <laughs> So you walk up to the wagon, and you notice that the wagon itself has got some, some trunks in there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and make uh, a, a history check also. Sure. That is better. 19 for the history check. 19? Where are the, where's the rest of the group? Are you beside him? or? I'm um, still 100 yards back. Okay. I'd say I'm adjacent, but I want to see the smoke coming from the courtyard. Okay. Um, what type of smoke it is like is it a campfire is it shit burning it seems like a campfire Erwin where are you at are you with these um, guys or are you back here with Oust I'm back with Oust Tonorex you you're not familiar too much with the the populace of Ravengrove mm-hmm. but you were with the rest of this group when they were bidding farewell to a friend of theirs a female that was leaving Ravengrove and this looks exactly like that wagon. Oh, God. This friend of yours seems to have gone the wrong way, no? It's just like an anime. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and put yourselves near the, the wagon, Alston. Do you still have the mini for Tonrex? Oh, there it is. Yeah, oh. that's Tonrex, and those other two guys are back there. You said you're up there by the wagon, yep. right? Yep, So, Doc, you creep around to see whether or not there is a... Uh, what's making the fire, correct? Yeah, I just want to see if it's, uh, like, a campfire or if it's, um, uh, like, buildings burning kind of thing. Just to make sure we didn't just walk into a freshly ambushed area. So you go around the wall, then, to take a big... Yeah, I'll be there. You see a fire pit right in the middle of the courtyard, and you see two men standing beside it. These guys out here, they look... Just like the guys that you saw in front of Kendra's house, Brad. two of them, make a uh, survival check. 22. 22. As you're looking at these two men, they're sitting there on the ground. They stand up. They're about 10 feet away from the fire pit, though. And you notice that there is just an excessive amount of wood on this fire. They're not cooking anything. Just a lot of wood. Really got this fire ramped up. Interesting. And they see you. And they look at you and they say, We had a feeling you'd be coming this way. Telex said to make sure that you don't cause Kendra any more problems. He raises a hand and he aims at you. And let's roll some initiative. No, oh, of course it was no. shitty. Damn it. Doctor. Eight. Oust. Six. 
Irwin. Six. Good job, guys. Sean Rex. We're all doing good. Fourteen. Yeah. Fourteen. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if I was going to go first. Who's got the highest decks between Doc and, er- I'm sorry, Oust and Irwin? Plus two. Plus one. Really? What? Really? For a monk? Yep. Dude, oh my we had this conversation Lord. so uh, many times. <laughs> Well, and I think we're still, still in shock. Yeah, still we're shock still in shock. It's the way I rolled when I created the character. Ah. So, Tonrex, from your station at the at the back of this busted up wagon, you see the dock go towards the wall of this courtyard. Looks around, you hear somebody talking to him. You kind of see him straighten up as though shocked by something. What do you do? Tonrex is going to move towards the duck. You turn that corner and you see two of the men that were at Kendra's house. Okay. Um, yeah, well, while he's walking up to the dock, he's going to say, why have you... St-? And then <laughs> as soon as he turns the corner, um, that uh, his one good eye turns red and then... Murder mode. <laughs> one, uh, that the, the hand goes in and out comes a firebolt. From this, uh, <laughs> God damn it! That one. Oh yeah, I'm gonna need that deck save. Doc is right next to you too. Um, I don't think that passes. No, it's not good. Not good. good. Not good decks. What is it? Uh, five. That fails. Okay, roll to hit Doc. Well, I already rolled two damage. You gotta roll to hit him though. Oh, roll to hit him now. Yeah. Okay. Now that's gonna fail. Okay. Doc, you see this round go off right next to your head. As Tonrex doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. When the one individual next to the campfire raised his hand and aimed at you, you see this figure stand up on the parapet in the center. He's got two targets, one, two, three for Tonrex, four, five, six for the Doc. He looks at the Doc and he fires down an arrow at you. We, uh, 13? matches. That's good enough. For five points of damage as this arrow rains down on you. Does it rain down? It's fucking <laughs> bolt right in my shoulder, man. That's a lot. Doc, you take this this arrow in your shoulder. You know that you're getting assaulted from above. You know that these two men are, are also part of this. Definitely part of it. What are you going to do? Um... You hear them... Yelling me towards each other, get them! They'll never find out what's going on. Ha ha ha! Fuck you, metal uh, boy. <laughs> you little metal dick. The the, <laughs> ar- the archer that shot at me is he within thirty feet of me? He is within thirty, but he's uh, elevated too, about twenty feet up. So uh, I don't know what the what that what's that angle? What what is it? Thirty and twenty. 30, 20. Yeah, it's basically 90. 30 and 20. What the fuck? Wait, oh, wait, no, we're talking about this one. Yeah, uh, sine, cosine, way. and tangent. So it's that's like, a tangent. Uh, what is it? It's, it's like, Pythagorean's it's between, theorem. It's easy shit. It's between 30 to 40. <laughs> I need to know because if he's more than 30. Are you I'm looking this up right now? Else. No, no. I'm looking something else. Uh, <laughs> of course not. Let's see. Okay, by the map, if we take a pick, he's 5, 10, 15, 20, 20. He's 30. There's no so, way I would hit him at an elevation. Okay. All right, perfect. Okay. So, the uh, first one I see directly in front of me that's holding the two swords. 
I'm going to uh, use a cantrip infestation on him. Okay, what is that? What do I have to do? Constitution saving throw. Constitution, love it. Nineteen. Passes as my leeches fly past him. Sizzling in the, the heat of this fire that he's semi behind right now. And I will use the rest of my action to move uh, behind the wagon. Okay. To take cover. One of the two that's next to the fire pit sides up to you, Tonrax. We never got that little tool right there. <laughs> As he's running towards you, you see him pull out these two scimitars and attack. And both of them will miss. The other one pulls out a dagger and throws it at you. That will hit for four points of damage, and then you see him move across almost behind the guy that's attacking you. Doctor, as you run behind this cart, between the cart and this dead horse on the ground, you see the horse start to move a little as you see another man rise up from where the horse was laying, move towards you and attack. Oh, the hard 20. Oh, no. (laughs) And an 18 <laughs> to back up the hard 20. Oh. Uh, 12 points of damage. Shit. That's fine. We have plenty of HP now, right? From where you are beside Irwin, you see that this shit just went from curiosity to murderosity. <laughs> Everything is going sideways. You see Tonrex back up slightly from behind the courtyard. You see the dock having gone into the courtyard run away. You see a, a man pop out of the corpse of this dead horse. Everything's going wild. Erwin, I believe I believe shit has hit the fan. I believe I, I believe I believe I believe shit has hit the fan. That's what I get from making fun of fucking talking in a certain way. (laughs) (laughs) I'll place my hand on his shoulder and grace him with... Slides off. (laughs) I'll put it back on his shoulder again. Uh, Enhance ability and I will give him bull uh, bear's endurance. And I'm just actually looking. So you turn into a bear or does he just get that? No, he gets a... uh, Now he's hairy and greasy. Ooh. Sorry, I'm just trying to see what it is exactly. Now, you guys are still 100 yards away from the <laughs> shit that's going on. Bear Endurance gives him 2d6 temporary hit points, which gives him 6 points temporary hit points. Thank you. All right. Are you going to move And anywhere? I actually am going to move. Uh, is this open? And these are walls, I would assume, right? Uh, they're broken walls, but yeah, they're about between... 15 to 25 feet high, depending on how how much damage they have sustained. So I'm actually going to be underneath. I'm going to double move and wait. Well, well, even at 100 yards away. Yeah, you're te- technically here. We made a mistake. You shouldn't be on this. You're not even on, on the, okay. You're back there by Kush's lap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, how far can I move up to? You can move. Uh, put, put them on the edge of the map. On the edge of the map? Yeah, put them on the edge of the map. All right. So where we were kind of originally. Yeah. But he's still back there. Damn, we fought. <laughs> <laughs> Erwin, you're left alone in the, in the giant grass with the Velociraptor and the Pokemon. 
So I'm going to dodge the Pokemon Velociraptors, and I'm going to move 40 feet. Okay. That's my movement speed, and then my bonus action, I'm going to uh, do Step of the Wind. So I'm going to use the dash action for that, and I'm actually going to dash up towards the doctor. So put them halfway then. Yeah. There you go. Because of how far you guys were out. Yeah. yeah. They're still 100 yards out. Yeah. Can you do anything else? No. Tonrex. Lather up. <laughs> to lather up. <laughs> I take right. my action to lather. Uh, <laughs> um, now that there's someone immediately in front of him, Tonrex is going to uh, bring out the arm blade and he's going to swing at the, the dude in front of him. I crit. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Good job. I got the ampersand dragon on this dice. Back it up. Let's go. I got another 20. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, back oh, it up. Yeah. Back it up again. And now two. Okay, so max damage twice. Max damage twice? Yeah. Uh, that but would but be only the uh, the bonus on the bonus first ones. one. Yeah. Uh, that'd be 21 damage. Slashing okay. damage. Let's just so, Tom Rex. In book two. <laughs> Tell me how it's done Ooh. in the first combat. Um, I think it's, since, since it was two good crits, it's going to be two good cleaves across the chest. So first uh, one slashes across the chest, and then uh, coming back the other way, um, cleaves uh, straight into the shoulder and cuts the collarbone down to the heart before now, it stops. As a as a war combatant, such as Tonrex is, yeah. has he seen a lot of battle? I guess not recently, but definitely in the past. It's okay. Ton. Is it coming back to him? Oh, yeah, yeah. Very good. Wait, in Tom Rex's, would it be the past or the future? Dude, that's, that's like a... <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do that again, huh? <laughs> that's, that's in the past. What was it, 50 years ago, right? Yeah. Because that was during uh, Warden Hawkrun's time. So, Tom Rex, as you dispatch one of these, we don't really know what they are, who they are, who they work for. And I do not care. You see the archer pop up over the parapet again and fire down on you, striking the wall and missing. You see him duck back down. Doctor, you're currently engaged with this man who was hiding. Pops up right next to you, taking a couple of attacks on you. What are you going to do? I'm going to uh, pull out one of my syringes and attempt to hit him with a melee attack. Okay. That is a 15 to hit. That hits. And inside that is the equivalent Shit. of... Um, 50 cc's of morphine. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's inflict wounds. Oh. So I'm going to inject him with... Oh, shit. Uh, what is that? I can't do math. 17 plus 7... Twi- 24. No, 24. 24 points of damage. As you stick this hypodermic in him... Squeeze down the plunger and just make this motherfucker OD on this shit. Tell me how you kill this guy. How he how he suffers through what you've injected him with. Uh, pretty much it is a concoction that congeals the blood in a person. So as I inject him with it, he instantly goes stiff and turns blue and just falls like a rock to the ground. And that is the end of him. Flip that sucker over here. The other one sees you, Tonrex, the one that was behind his buddy about 15 feet away. Mm -hmm. You see him 
throw two more daggers at you. 14? Nope. 17? Nope. Wow. My AC is 18. Holy shit. I was ready to roll damage on you. Damn. (laughs) Just bounces off the metal. You see him move back behind some of the, the rubble. Gotta do what he's gotta do. I gotta do my best Robocop impression. Oust. You gotta shoot the dick off. Yeah. <laughs> Dead Oust. or alive, you're coming with me. <laughs> is going to double move, which will probably leave him still underneath. Yeah, that'll put him underneath the parapet. There you go. I'm sure the math is totally wrong, but I gotta get you in this. Yeah, <laughs> it's good enough. Nah, I counted it earlier. <laughs> yeah, okay. Whatever. <laughs> 70 feet of movement, yo. <laughs> yo, what's 100 yards? 100 yards is about 33. 300 feet. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Three, three, three. <laughs> Whatever. Your map <laughs> is not big enough. <laughs> okay, so you make it underneath the parapet. We'll just say you were closer. All right. Rule of cool, man. Rule we're here cool. for to have fun. I'm not here to measure out Double common move. core. I think that's all I can we're do. Common sense. Okay, that's it. Irwin. You watch Aus leave, run right to the base of this parapet that you see this archer occasionally pop up, fire down, pop up, fire down. What are you going to do? Um, at the moment, of like at the start of my movement, do I see the archer at all? You did. You see, you saw him pop up, fire towards uh, the front of the, the downed wagon. You really can't tell who's there from that distance, but you did see him pop up and fire. But is he under cover again? Yeah, he pops back down. Okay. So I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to move and then use Step of the Wind again to run towards Tonrex. Okay. Get towards him. Was that 70 feet? It's probably yeah. enough. It's going to make it. I was going to say it's enough. There you go. Yeah, Wind it, lays on the ground. <laughs> I, that's the state that's I'm it. used that's to it. seeing okay. him in, so I just left him. Tonrex, as you're, <laughs> as you're under fire... You see this this streak come up behind you, <laughs> winded, perhaps handing you a bottle of oil. <laughs> yeah, I, I apply some of the gears, and then I make my best Robocop impression and move 60 feet, no, sorry, 30 feet menacingly towards the, um, uh, the, the guy that threw a dagger at me. Good deal. Okay. And as I can't reach, um, again, put the uh, arm blade away and then shoot out a fire bolt. Okay, he's behind partial cover. Okay, so, so I have, uh, is that like, he has a higher AC or something? It's negative to the attack. Okay. Ah, uh, it's going to miss. Okay. You see it strike the rubble that he's hiding behind. Again, you see the archer pop up. He's got three targets that he can see because he can't see Oust being directly beneath him. One, two for Tonrex, three, four for the monk, and five, six for the doc, but the doc is behind partial cover. It's going to fire at you, doc. Two with a negative two, zero. Misses. You see this arrow just fly by, and he ducks back down. What are you going to do, doc? Uh, well, now that he's ducked back down, is this a destroyed... That's a parapet. Okay. I'm going to go... Stand that monk up. <laughs> All right. Uh, from where I'm at here, uh, the enemy that Tonrax was running toward, do I have a clear shot at him? No, he's behind partial cover right now. How does that work with cantrips? 
I have no idea. What kind of cantrip is it? It's a dex save. If you can see him, that's fine. Okay. So just tell me. But does he take anything? Does he get like plus two to save? No. I don't know. No, not if it's it's a vision to a spell. If it's anything that's being fired at him. Yeah, I'm just throwing sacred flame at him. So dex save. Dex save? Yeah. 18? Passes as it flies over his head. All right. He looks at you, Tonrex. Sees you coming towards him. You see him not reach for daggers this time. You see him pull out these two axes. They almost look like uh, scythes. Hmm. And he runs towards you. (laughs) Brings the first one down. 15. Misses second one. Uh, 19. That's going to hit. Okay. About fucking time. <laughs> For eight points of damage. Okay. Oust. You're at the base of this parapet. From what you've been able to hear and from what you've seen of your allies, you know that there's somebody in this parapet that's raining down arrows on people. Uh, quick perception to see if I could find stairs or a way to get up. Okay. That is 15. 15. As you look through the rubble, you notice that there is a ladder in the center of this parapet that leads up, most likely to a trapdoor where this guy is at right now. All right. I would like to make my way. uh, Do I have enough movement to get up the stair to the trapdoor? Yeah, that'll lead you at 30 feet. Okay. Then I will make my way to the trapdoor and just ready. Okay. Irwin. You see Tonrex is now engaged hand-to-hand with this other assailant. You see the dock has moved away from the wagon. Erwin is still where you are, because <laughs> I've just described you. And you saw Aus disappear into the parapet, most likely going to go confront the archer that's that's raining down on you. Yeah. It's possible he's waiting for you to poke your head out, too. It's possible, yeah. So since I can't see the archer right now... You don't care. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Out of sight. So I'm going to try to get a better angle on the the assailant down here. Okay. He's out of partial cover right now, so. He's out of partial? Yes, he's out of the cover now. Yeah. But he's right in front of Tonrex. Yeah. So I'm going to move. So I'm going to move 30 feet to the east. Okay. Uh, West, actually. 30 feet towards the east. Where's our north? Yeah, where, where is north? You're at north. Sorry. This is north? That's north. Okay. Good to know. So yeah, it's 30 feet, and I'm just going to pull out my longsword, or not my longsword, my longbow. Okay. And just ready it. Alrighty. Again, the archer pops up. He's got three targets. One, two for Irwin. Three, four for the dock. Five, six for Tonrex. For the dock. Pulls back on the string. And rolls a one. (laughs) (laughs) Going to make that save. Ready. The string comes off the limb. Ooh. Ooh. Perfect. Wait, what? I was going to say, since I was ready in my action, can I... Oh, yeah, what do you want to do? Uh, Take a shot at him? Yeah, I want to break through the uh, trap door and produce flame. Okay, as you pop through the door, you see him startle, causing his bow to come unstrung. You produce flame at that moment. Tell me what you're going to do. I'm going to try to hit him with it, oh. and that is going to be 19 to hit. Yes, yes. <laughs> Roll me some damage. 
Yeah. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Max. It's not D8, though. That's what I was trying to say. Oh, what the? <laughs> that's oh, like when I, I threw it on the ground, I was like, that's every, not that's not a D8. Time, <laughs> I got excited to grab the wrong <laughs> dice. That is uh, five points of damage. Five. When you guys all said max damage, I'm like, that's the wrong dice. <laughs> max damage, just give me a die. Some of the lot of numbers, a lot of sides. Dude. Dude. Thorn whipped him through the trap door. He's not smaller than me, though. That's true. I don't know. I don't know how big the trap door is. So that was your ready, ready that action. That was my ready action. Doctor. Wait, you skipped me. No, I didn't. You, uh, Erwin went, and then DM1 went, and then Tonrix is on top. Don't you attack? Oh, sorry. All right. <laughs> Uh, well, maybe the DM1 was readying his action. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, Tonrex, go for it. Now that uh, Tonrex is in melee with this guy, uh, Armblade comes back out, and he's going to take a swing at him. That is uh, 19 to hit. That'll hit. And 12 points of damage oh. as he slashes into this guy. Fuck. Doctor. All right, Doc's going to move uh, just a little bit to get a clearer vision on the enemy fighting Tonrax and um, cast Infestation at him. So that's a con save. Con save. Six. (laughs) So that fails. As the doctor throws his leeches, he takes five points of poison damage and has to roll a D4 to move... In a random direction. It is a random direction. I don't think it's full movement. You want to do a D4 or a D8? I mean, we can do D8 if we want to include north, northeast, south. We, oh, crap. We got there. East, north, south, northwest. Southwest. Northwest. Northwest. <laughs> northwest. It's this way. Oh, this, this way, towards me. Oh, yeah, yeah, Between Nick and I. Between Nick and I. How far? How far? Uh, hold on, sorry. I forgot to write that down. Uh, five feet. So it's only one square. Is that force movement, or do I get an opportunity attack? Uh, it's force movement. Okay. Because it's against his will. Yeah. So Yeah, no. he's pretty much just ah, yeah. covered yeah. in leeches. And the doctor will use the rest of his movement to go there. Oh, okay. So you move closer towards him. Yes. The individual that's in the parapet, attacked by this surprise individual whom he did not see, takes his bow, which is now de-strung, and strikes down at you with the bow like a staff. Thirteen? Thirteen misses. You see him poke down at you, trying to to get you to get knocked down this ladder. Surprise, motherfucker. (laughs) That That was the second one, right? Yeah. No. Fuck, I fucked up. Uh... I mixed those two. Anyways, it doesn't matter. I'll make the other guy go on the DM one. Oust. You see this guy poke at you? Uh, as he misses, I'm actually going to take out my scimitar and strike down. You're still on the ladder, right? Oh, then I'll move all the way back up. Then. Okay, you pop up. Pop up. Attack with the scimitar. Attack with the scimitar. That is uh, 18 to hit. 18 will hit. Four. <laughs> Sorry. Three points of damage. You see him try to block this blow somehow with this wedge of wood in his hands, takes it in the forearm, and still manages to get through his guard. Erwin, you've lined yourself up for whatever you want to do. He's open. Erwin's going to move about 
10 feet to the northwest, and he's going to fire a, uh, a crossbow arrow at that assailant. 15 to hit. That'll hit. For eight points of damage. Eight points. As you strike this man with this arrow, tell me what happens to him as he perishes. So Ermin um, pulls back the bow, fires the arrow. The arrow goes straight through the guy's neck. Oh. <laughs> <Starts to> <laughs> and just drops to the ground. Yes. Still infested with these these leeches that the dog had spread amongst him as they begin to burrow into his skin. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what? My brother's soul he lives through me. called himself Ermin. Oh, did he? Yeah. It's been a couple months, okay? <laughs> Separated at birth. <laughs> In a world. Tonrex, <laughs> you see this man perish right in front of you. Dead. Perfect. Um, if Tonrex turns around, does he still see the archer, or is he kind of blocked by his field of view at this point? No, you see him from about his, uh, his upper chest to the top of his head, but you don't just see him. You see Oust engaged in combat with this man. No matter to Tonrex. Tonrex moves, forward, uh, moves uh, 15 feet towards uh, the archer, and he's going to fire off a firebolt. Sorry, that's the wrong damage dice. Jesus. <laughs> that's a two, but it's not a one. Indiscriminately firing? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it fires off. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. You see this bolt fly by the parapet. The man up there briefly has a moment to look and see that it was somebody from down below. Attempts to attack you again, oust. Still with the the unstrung riser of this bow. I think that's going to get you. 20? 20 will hit. Yeah. For six points of damage, then he disengages from you. How many points? Sorry. Six. Disengages from you and hops over the wall onto the adjacent horizontal wall. Attack of opportunity? No, not, dis- not on disengagement. Just, just trying. <laughs> Doctor. Can I still see? You can see him clear as day now. You can see him full body apparition at this point. Okay, I'm just going to move, just make sure I'm within range and cast Sacred Flame. Deck save? Yes. 15? Fails and takes two points of radiant damage. Two. You see him get blasted, but he maintains his his balance on this wall. It's about three feet wide. Oust. You see your quarry has just attacked you and jumped down off the other side. As far as you know, he probably hit the ground. You don't know where he went to, though. I move up to the ledge, uh, try to see if I could locate him. You see he's about six feet below you, standing on a on a vertical wall that, that would have been part of the perimeter for this castle. Try to concentrate and produce flame and toss it at him. Yeah. And miss with a nine. Nine will miss. I'm sorry. Nine. 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 <laughs> Irwin. Uh, Irwin's going to turn around and fire a, a uh, arrow at that guy that just got out of the parapet. Um, 19 to hit. 19. You spin on your heels, knock an arrow, let it fly across this courtyard, past the flames. 
for another eight points of damage. Eight points of damage as you strike him in the back. He loses his grip on the wall, loses his balance on what he's been standing on, and falls into the flames of this oversized bonfire that they had created. You could smell the flesh burning as the clothes start to sear off of his body. Smells like pork. Nice. (laughs) The other white meat. Good job. You're out of combat. While I'm in the tower, I like to wave to my companions. (laughs) Let them know I'm up there. Tyrex waves back. (laughs) And fires. (laughs) I duck. Uh, Alice wants to make his way back down from the tower and Okay. Regroup with everyone. So you make your way back down the tower. Yeah, we with the exception of the, the one who's basically still burning on this now dying inferno. You've got three other bodies. They're dead. Sun's starting to really taper down at this point. Well, the doctor wants to go, and um, the doctor's going to go back and check out the first guy he killed. Okay. So I'm back by the dead horse, and I want to investigate that body. Okay, tell me how you want to investigate him. Um, First of all, let me just say, he is wearing the same kind of clothes, with the exception of the cloak that's covering him. Underneath the cloak, though, are the same leather and, and tan attire that those men were wearing that were escorting Kendra. So you know that this may not be one of those men, but they he's definitely dressed like one of those men. Okay, so while I'm at his body by the horse, I'm going to um, just check all his pockets and everything. Okay. Um, check and see if he's got any jewelry on him. He doesn't have any jewelry. Doesn't have anything of significance that Did he's he kind that of he's like wearing. Identifier now, other than his armor, nothing else identifies. No, him. no, he doesn't have anything other than his weapons. It's almost like it's intentional that he doesn't have anything on him. Okay, well then I'm going to investigate the cart since I'm next to that now. Okay. Unless someone else... You see inside there's about five chests. Alist, what are you going to do? I want to do a quick perception on the fire that they made. Uh, is it just wood or is it like books and stuff? Okay. Or going to make a perception because you got to imagine it's probably been burning for a while. Okay, that is a 19. 19. You notice that there's a remnant of a chest that's in there. You see that there's all kinds of flammable objects like wood slats, um, pieces of doors, uh, part of the wagon itself. Uh, with that, shoot, I don't know if produce water actually creates enough to put a fire out that big. I don't know. I don't, water creates a lot of water. I don't know how much it I think I haven't used it Create water creates a, like create. gallons and gallons. Yeah, gallons create gallons. water does. Okay. Produce water, I don't know what that is. The last time I used create water was I thought it was produce water, days. isn't it? Produce... Could be either, I don't know. Oh, maybe. I might be wrong. Last time I used it was to be. in with the crab people and what's your name's camp. We'll say right now that, that it doesn't create enough that you would be able to put this this fire out hmm. um okay is there anything nearby like a it's a dead body well i can't use a dead body like you a uh, like a plank or something that i could try to maybe try to get the trunk out oh i or see knock it out do. knock uh, it out of the fire you see that there is i'll tell you what um 50 or higher 29 
you don't see anything located on this side of the of the courtyard. Sorry, fuck, I couldn't remember the name of the <laughs> damn thing. Shoot. Uh, I was looking to see what side that guy's bow had landed on. Okay. Um, shoot, I don't have anything either. I my quarter staff. I could. I don't know if that'd be... Okay, yeah, try to poke it out. Try to poke it out. Yeah. What do you want me to roll for that? D20. And what? What's your strength? Ugh. It's a 12. 12. You nudge it, but it doesn't clear the flames. Erwin. It's still in there. Jump in there. Jump in there. <laughs> Use your oil, oiled body to <laughs> slick your way through the flames. Maybe you can make it burn itself out. I tell him about the trunk. Uh, Erwin, there's a trunk in there. I, I don't know if they were burning important information, but if you can, see if you can knock it out of the flames. Erwin, what are you going to do? Okay, as Al says that, I turn towards the fire and run towards it and try to, to, to bring out the chest. Okay. What are you using? Strength or? I mean, you're actually going to try to grab this thing? I'm going to try to like quickly kind of like grab With it. With your like, oily hands? Yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead and make it. Remember, make you got make your strength temporary check. hit points. No. I, I don't, I don't. Okay, uh, make a deck save now. Normally, monks self-immolate for a reason. <laughs> uh, 14. 14. As you take two points of fire damage as these flames eke at your hands. Tonrix, what are you going to do as you watch these two guys <laughs> fumble around with this fucking chest in this fire pit? I, I assume that over there is like a doorway, right? The doorways are, they're both broken down. Yeah. But I, even from here, you can easily tell that it's been gutted. Oh, okay. It's like all that's remaining of this this castle are just a few walls. There's no roof over anything. Rubble has just been sunk in. You could tell that almost the entire hull has been gutted out of this place. Okay, I guess if, if that's what it looks like, Tonrex will search for... No, he's going to look for something else. You, you can take care of that. Uh, <laughs> Tonrex is going to try and search for footprints or something to see where Kendra was taken. Okay. So we'd probably be following from the wagon to see if it goes anywhere. Okay, so go towards the wagon and make your uh, nature or survival check. All right. Or investigation, actually. Oh, I'm better at that, but still not great. 14. 14. You just see a bunch of footprints, mostly from what you can tell from these men Mm -hmm. and you guys, like the doc and yourself and Irwin. You don't see any more than seven sets of footprints. Okay. Is there any, like, are any of the footprints deeper suggesting that someone was, like, carrying a body? Not that you can, uh, that you can okay. discern from Fair that, enough. no. Go and make it an investigation on the wagon, though. Okay. It's worse, but it is uh, nine. Nah. Nine? Oh, sorry, it's 11. 11? Yeah. There's something strange about the wheel and the axle that's not on the wagon itself, but it just, you're not familiar with this. Okay. Doc? Uh, well, the dog made his way to the wagon and saw the five trunks and is going to start opening them up Okay. to investigate them. You open up the first trunk, you see there's a bunch of clothes in there. Second trunk, a bunch of hats and shoes. Third trunk appears to be uh, like toiletries fourth trunk is empty and the fifth trunk just has a few novelty knickknacks. Can I see the dock from where I'm standing? I, I assume there's nothing there, right? Yeah, you can see him from 
clearly. Because there's no uh, top on the wagon. Fiercely just digging through trunks. Doc, is there any books, any books that we might have missed back at the house before we were locked out? Oh, there's no books, but it's weird. There's one empty one, and then this one. There's some knickknacks in here. I don't know if they mean anything. They definitely look like they were owned by a female. Well, the whole the thing does. She has yeah. like five trunks full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> One's just toiletries. I mean, they could have been happening. Corona could have been happening. And then she just had to hoard up on toiletries. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I need all the pallets. No, you don't. <laughs> One's full of nothing but toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, the doctor will like emphasize it's weird that there is one empty one and wants to uh, do an investigation check okay on that one to see if um, there's any indentations or anything that would hint at what was in it and that is 17 17 you see that there appears to be a, a fine dust in there but you don't know what the dust is it's almost like a like a glassy-looking powder, as though something might have been rolling around in there. I'll just collect some of that and put it in a vial. Okay. Keep it in my kit. Oust? Oust has a feeling there's something in that truck that has an importance that they wanted to get rid of. Uh, I'll try again with the quarterstaff. I'll use a different dice. Try to knock it out, and that is a 12. 12? Push it a little further, but it's still in the flames themselves to the point where now the that chest is almost fully engulfed like there's almost game. nothing left of it at this point it's a write off yeah it's going to be a write off damn i mean there's i don't want erwin to go in bare hand again again erwin <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to do uh, seeing this trunk kind of just like fully engulfed in flames, it's kind of like a lost cause. So he's actually going to turn around and go back to the assailant that was in the northwest corner. Okay. He's going to search him, see if he can find like any keys or any okay. notes or anything of like importance. That's a nut 20. Oh, yeah. Good job. Hard 20. <laughs> so you find type. two things on this guy. You do find a key. Looks like it probably goes to some kind of a lock. And you see a note. And on this note, describes in great detail the four of you. How great a detail? Well, it talks about some bald, young male, Caucasian, well-oiled, wearing leather pants. Lederhosen? Talks about some wood elf. Wooden elf. Wooden elf. Tall, lanky, carrying his weapons and, and... Basically, his his leather clothing talks about this metal man with red eyes. Talks about this other figure caped in a long trench coat with some kind of a plague mask. I mean, the odds of maybe one person matching that is is fine, but all four of you walking in concert. Yeah, this is very recent. Yeah, because uh, it doesn't mention Talos. No, well, also these were. The same guys we saw. Yeah, I but if they, were, were, if they were planning this for a really long time, they would have probably mentioned Talos. Because technically it's been, what, maybe three, four days since... Uh, the, since you saw Talos? So, yeah. 
No, you saw Talos yesterday. So okay, so it's even more. No, I'm sorry. I take that. I take that back. We saw Tom Rex yesterday. No, 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 no. Because hold on a second. Talos has only been a couple days, probably. When you guys finished the fight with Gertis Vorch and Father Charlatan, you guys went back and you rested, and Talos disappeared. Yes. The next day, you went and fought the Lopper and, and his minions, and you came back, and you had time to burn. Yeah. So you spent like two days in town, and then Kendra said, "I release you of all your, all your holdings yeah. to me," and then you guys left. So that was like only three days ago. Okay, so it's yeah, so three days. So it's that's a pretty recent development. If they yeah. are including Tom, if, if they're including Tom Rex. Well, you remember how long ago it was you saw Kendra, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's like nine hours ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely. But they got a note, so someone's. Something. I don't. I mean, there's. People. I'm just assuming it's not Kendra that's telling them what we look like. You know. It's yeah. a realtor. No, it's. Yeah. <laughs> it's people in town. Could I do a history check on that guy? See if I remember him like passing by. Sure. Us? Passing by you, like, on the road with everybody else, or what do you mean? Like, didn't. What are these guys like passing by us with Kendra? Like. Yeah. No, that was right back at her house. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, we, so that conference. We got left on the front stoop while she was by guys. So you want to do a history us. check to see if he was one of those guys on that wagon? Yeah. Okay. Nice. Another point pass. Eighteen. Eighteen. He does appear to be one of those guys. Oh okay. So I, I turned to the group and said, "Like, I'm, I'm not sure if this guy just specifically had all those details about us, or if someone is kind of in charge and." Relay those details down to this guy, but someone someone is tracking us. Did they mention anything about Kendra? No. Someone. Who were you talking to when you said you're not going to be bothering Kendra anymore? Are you? That was toward me. Yes, to towards your group. Yes. But that was just. Was that when I? That came was the one that here? that popped around the corner. That was you, right, Doc? Yes. All right. So okay. right now I'm the only one that knows that. But all right. You know that he said that. Yeah. Irwin's put it together, it together that one of those guys is that guy, but yeah. you haven't. To, told anybody that that this guy said something directly to you. Yeah. Tonrex okay. heard you talking to somebody when he came around, but mm-hmm. he wasn't able to hear what you guys were talking about. Yeah, that's just what I wanted to check. And Alice has been oust of the conversation. <laughs> Tonrex... Doubloon. <laughs> for what? <laughs> made a pun. <laughs> oust was oust of the conversation. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, give me a doubloon. Yeah, get oust Jeez of the Jeez I don't have any to be given out. So Tonrex... <laughs> As you see all this going on, you notice that the fire starts to die down at this point. Uh-huh. It's been burned brightly for a long time, and it's actually starting to die down. You see it starts to simmer down. You see the remains of a large chest in there. Okay. Uh, now that the embers are down, Tonrix will try and lift it out and then open it up. Okay, make a strength check. Take it. Strength check. Uh, that is 16. 16, you managed to pull it more so out of the pit mm-hmm. and you notice that what was left of the wood it's now almost petrified at this point mm-hmm. but the chest itself is iron banded mm-hmm. very well made and you notice there's a lock on it um, I'm not aware that someone has found the key so Tonric attempts to like smash at the lock uh <laughs> Did you want uh, an strength. attack roll? Str- just strength? Well, attack roll. Um, well, if it's an attack and roll, it's uh, 27. Okay, so you strike this lock <laughs> that's still partially glowing, breaking it off. 
attempt to open it at that point. Okay, you grab this lid and you slowly push up on these these grated hinges now that have been seized through the fire. All the all the lubrication that has once been there is completely burned away and you crack it open and you look inside and you see next week's session. Uh, I already put my dice away. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's Dog. This one's defective. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on a second. <laughs> yeah, something wrong with it. No, I'm good for now. I'm gonna go. Is it that it's break. finished? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's got this like super evaporative yeah. condition. I'll take one, yeah. Is that bottle empty? <laughs> Almost. Okay. I didn't seriously mean to. I would have done it if the freaking. Oh. Didn't do it. I don't know. I thought he wanted one too. It's my bad. Do you want a beer? No. I'm you good. want a Coke? No. Want a half? <laughs> we got the heck are those? What's that? Pineapple. I've seen mango the mango thing? cart, but I haven't seen the pineapple one. Huh. I don't know. Miguel gave me those from work. Oh. He looks like he would drink a fruity beer. Looks <laughs> <laughs> like he would drink a fruity man. Nick, are we the only ones that work from home? No, Eric, Eric said does. he does too. Eric does too. Yeah. Yeah, we can't take a vehicle hoists yeah. home with us. Uh, <laughs> no it's not so much that, that we can't have the vehicle hoist. We have no place to put the hazardous waste. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to worry about uh, the motherfucking trash truck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's where you're going no. with. <laughs> my my daughter was. Uh, I guess she got in trouble during her Zoom class. Because the teacher had asked her something and she couldn't hear it. And so the teacher said something like, Allie, did you hear me? She's like, I can't hear because of the motherfucking trash truck. <laughs> I, I, will not I thought it was pretty damn trash funny. Yeah, she keeps getting in trouble for being too smart. Thank you for joining us once again on Roll the Hard 20 Podcast. Remember, you can find us and subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us that five-star review. You can also contact the show directly at RollTheHard20Podcast at gmail.com or head on over to the website at RollTheHard20Podcast.com. And be sure to check out the galleries. we got a lot of really interesting stuff posted there. And finally, join us on our Patreon page at Patreon.com slash RollTheHard20Podcast. There are ways for you to help out the show and pick up swag. So until next session, keep your dice warm and your glass full as you roll those hard 20s.